0: Welcome to Sunday Morning Postscript. Uh, My name is Dave. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point and with me is Paul. Hey. So Paul, we started a new series on Sunday. It is called Made for Mondays. Yeah. And uh, it is about work. Uh, I I think it's gonna be a fantastic series. You kind of laid out this week what some of God's purposes and foundations are of work. Mm Kind of exploring Genesis, and what that means for us today. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. Anything, as you've sat on this for a day, anything you want to tell us yeah. that's come up since then?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just, you know, a way to start. Um, this, over the holidays, I was actually sitting with my uh, family and, you know, we were having Christmas dinner. And we have a, a young nephew who likes to, you know, repeat prayers. You know, the sort of God is, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. And then the, the verse goes on. I don't know if you know it, but he, he says, you know, by our hands, we all are fed. Uh, thank you, Lord, for daily bread. And so after we finished praying, I actually turned to my son, who's nine, and I said, what does it mean that, um, that we're thanking God for our food or thanking God for our daily bread? Because, you know, we saw who made it. We saw, you know, like, how does that all kind of fit? And his response was, well, God gives us farmers. God gives us Um, people who prepare food and and get it to us and all that kind of stuff. And so God's hand is at work all the way through all these tasks that we might consider to be sort of menial or not as important. And uh, Martin Luther, he actually had this idea of the masks of God. And the way he described it was that the work that we do is essentially uh, God's at work through us and it sounds like a very sort of uh, juvenile or childish kind of idea but it really is profound to think of the fact that that god can uh, protect us through uh, politicians and policies and lockmakers, you know and um, and he can provide us food through farmers and truck drivers and grocery store owners and all kinds of different things and to me that's fascinating because you know so often we're praying for protection. We're praying for God to uh, do something in our life and we recognize that so often it's people that are doing their work well that provides for us in some incredible ways and um, and God works through that and I think that's a really fascinating concept and something that you know as I think about this series you, one of the things I think we need to keep in mind is that we're going to get the most out of this when we start really thinking through our own context. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do I go to work on Mondays? What does that mean for the bigger picture? And so I would challenge uh, all of us uh, to be thinking about, you know, how do we sort of fit what we're doing into the this grander picture of God and how God is working through the world? It's it's um, it's actually a, a very exciting perspective to, to have when we approach work.
0: Yeah, it really gives everything just profound meaning and importance in a way. Um, I loved, you talked on Sunday a little bit about the fact that God made the world to need us to work. It's not, it's not set up perfectly and God kind of steps back and it's good to go. He said, nope, I'm going to put my image in and they're going to tend to this. They're going to make something of it, create and, and mend and like just this beautiful picture of, of us doing stuff and us doing different things to to work in tandem with God's good creation, so I, I just love this. Yeah, God. God created a world with potential, yeah, and
1: He asks us to step in and fulfill that potential by doing the things that He's skilled us with or gifted us with, and and the truth is we can't do it all alone, right? No, I mean that's that's it's pretty neat to see the way that that whole all works together.
0: Yeah. Um. So I mean in. I want to take just a step back for a second. I love this foundation and this thing. What do you think? Some of the maybe the wrong ways that we've come to view work that maybe we're not even really aware of. What are some of the things that, that might be working against this right. in a way? Well, I think the biggest one is you know I started the
1: you know on Sunday talking about Garfield and this idea of just you know hating Mondays, mm-hmm. and we've we've really created a culture and a, um, you know sort of a way of looking at things where we consider Mondays to be a bad thing. And we work for the weekends and we, you know, we're working for that next holiday and we go to work because we've got to pay the bills. We go to work because our kid needs, you know, braces or we need to get, you know, our kid off to school or whatever it is. And I think when we reduce work to those kinds of things, it becomes a very menial task and we show up and it's it's not it's not something that fills us with any kind of joy or purpose or meaning it's just a thing where we kind of you know sit down at our desk and put in our hours and go home and say those are the time that i need to enjoy but but i think there's something really valuable in absolutely just loving and enjoying every moment of of what we do because because there's value and meaning in it
0: yeah yeah one of the things you you touched on a bit um was this idea of being proud of work now what 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 does that look like can it be taken too far is it yeah well I mean isn't that a great I, I think that's a question
1: that we need to ask ourselves um I you know as I was as I was going through this I was considering the the idea that when God created the world we're told in Genesis that he steps back and he looks at creation and he says it's good and he and it seems to bring God pleasure in this idea that he's created something good and I believe that at its heart, the the pleasure that we feel when we accomplish things is part of that image that's been created in us. And and this idea of being uh, proud of what we've accomplished or uh, find pleasure in what we've accomplished, uh, you know, in an evangelical kind of world, we really pushed that away and said, that's a bad thing because you're you're turning it on yourself. And so we push that away. And, and I think that Obviously, it's very clear that that kind of thing can go wrong really fast. We can get to a place where we spend all of our time, all of our energy focusing on trying to uh, bring pleasure to ourselves because of something that we've accomplished. I get that. Um, And I also understand the despair that comes when we don't accomplish. Sometimes that really weighs on us heavily in a way that it shouldn't. But having said all that, I think that perhaps we should sort of reclaim this idea that that it's okay to be proud of what you do. Hmm. It's okay to sit back and say, wow, I had a good day. I had a great day. I I I did something uh, and I accomplished something. And it doesn't have to be that you, you know, led a coworker to the Lord. It doesn't mean that you have to, you say, well, I had a great day because, um, you know, because I, I provided for some mission organization through the money that I support or raised or anything like that. That's, I mean, those are all good things, but, Mm. but we can have pleasure in the work itself. That is, uh, it's okay.
0: Mm -hmm. We have to be careful, but I think it's okay. Well, it's like everything else, right? There's God created the world full of good things. And our, our heart's tendency is to take these good things and to either reject them completely or to turn them into idols and to love them way too much. Right. That we we live in the GTA and there's, you know, people work hard here. You have to work hard to, to provide and to do things and, and. There are people who are workaholics, and that's problematic. But I think you're right. Equally as problematic to being a workaholic is this, this idea that we just go through the grind so that we can get to the real stuff, so we can, so we can do what actually matters. Even, even for Christians to say, you know, I'm, just, I'm making money so I can support the church, so I can give back to Jesus. Yes, absolutely, you need to do that. But you actually need to understand that God has called us to enjoy the goodness of work and the goodness of creation. We're meant to make something of the world around us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. So, so what about this this idea of of mission and relationship as it as it engages with our work, right? How do we how do we balance that? How do we understand ourselves as salt and light in in our workplaces, but also understand that we're we're finding great joy in the work we do in itself? Yeah. So let, let me let me look at it from a different perspective because
1: one of the things that you know we do and, and pastors do this all the time when they're preaching they they give illustrations and they tend to go to the same you know go to illustrations right mm-hmm. like what if you own a company or what if you are a teacher and not all of us are in those kind of situations yeah. um, we don't all have the same kind of influence in places that we find ourselves um, there are some people who are listening to this who do own companies, who do have the ability to create a culture in their workplace, uh, whatever they're doing, uh, whatever they're, they're producing or, um, or creating, and, um, and those opportunities, that's great. Uh, but the question often comes, what happens to those people who are uh, artists or who every morning who climb into a truck to yeah. go to work rather than mm-hmm. sit at a desk? Uh, you know, how do they influence the world in a, in a positive way? and um, and I think what we need to do is is kind of broaden our perspective recognizing that yes there will be opportunities where you get to you know share your um, share your faith in a a way that is either uh, expressed out loud or whether it's just it's because of your values or the way that you see the world Um, uh, but there are also we we, I hope we need to uh, share with people that you know, that that, uh, you know, being a landscaper and and uh, clearing snow and doing these things is is beauty in itself. Mm. It's it's um, it's it's working towards creating a place that is more beautiful for for people, for us. Um, and when we're missing those things, we notice it. And, and I think that's kind of part of the key too. like what happens if if people just stopped working. Uh, from from the jobs uh, that might be considered entry level jobs to um, you know to CEOs of companies, the world would change so dramatically because we'd be missing all these these um, these pieces that fill the space that we're in, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, in some ways, we're talking right now, um, and a lot of this series is is kind of on on work as vocation as right. career. Um, what about what about work outside of that? Uh, I mean you and I both go home from our day jobs here at the church and we work around the house, right? We, we do projects. We also play, we have hobbies, we engage in sports. Um, and there are some people in our midst who are retired or who are disabled, who don't, who don't have careers in, in uh, the same way. But how does this theology of work and this goodness of, of making something of creation, how does this affect those things? Yeah. Maybe I need to be careful in how I say this, but,
1: you know, my understanding is that God didn't have a career, hmm. but he worked, right? There's Those things are certainly related, but they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, uh, A career is a place where you can fulfill those, uh, those parts of you that are, as I said, made in the image of God. Um, those opportunities to kind of give back to the way that God is uh, uh, working through you. So careers give us those opportunities, but careers are not the only place that we work. Hmm. Uh, I believe that, you know, I mentioned it on Sunday that when you sit on the couch for a really long time and you're just sitting there, you know, watching Netflix or just kind of watching a bunch of hockey games back to back or whatever it is, when you're finished that, you feel kind of icky. You feel kind of like yeah, like that didn't, you know, that didn't fill me up. I'm just feeling kind of, yeah. And I think yeah. the reason we get that in the pit of our stomach is because we were designed to to do something else, to create, to build, to to work, to engineer, to, you know, to mm. manage, to all that kind of stuff. And so anything we do, even, you know, balancing the checkbook at home as a stay-at-home dad or whatever it is, those are, are are kind of those shadows that remind us of the God who works. And it reminds us that we can find fulfillment when we are, in fact, engaging in that process.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. What, what about, what about play? Yeah. How, how are, are work and play related? Are we going to get into this at all?
1: Well, we are going to get into this. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that play in, in, uh, is a part of rest. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that the Sabbath was created for play, uh, created for rest. In fact, on my desk, I have uh, a little, uh, black chess piece, which is a rook and it sits on my, uh, sits right on the corner of my desk and it reminds me, uh, to play. It reminds me to find space in my life to, uh, to enjoy creation because there is a difference between working nonstop and working in a rhythm that has been created from the very beginning. Hmm. And God designed us to, to work and then on the, on the seventh day there's rest. And so there's the six and one ratio that just continues. And this rhythm of life, I think, is where we find real pleasure and joy and meaning because we do work, but we also need to find that space to rest, which includes play. And, and we're yeah. going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. I, I really want to, you know, zone in on this idea of rest and how that fits.
0: Okay, yeah, which is a huge part of this idea of work and, and yeah. what, we're, what we're called to do here and now. Um, do, you, do you have any, any other thoughts, any other things you kind of left on the cutting room floor as you were preparing this sermon? Yeah, you know, it's it's always hard when you when you take a book. Uh, I've been reading
1: through Timothy Keller's book, Every Good Endeavor. And uh, this has formed a bit of the basis for what we're talking through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots that he talks about in the book that really kind of, you know, captures my attention and, and, you know, it starts rolling around in my mind. Uh, but we can't talk about everything. And so a lot of things get sort of left on the cutting room floor. Um, You know, this time there were a couple of things that really grabbed my attention. Uh, One thing that he says is that uh, he kind of has this quote where he says, if God came into the world, uh, what would he be like? Uh, For the ancient Greeks, he might have been a philosopher king. For the ancient Romans, he might have looked like a just and noble statesman. But how does the God of the Hebrews come into the world? He comes in as a carpenter.
0: Hmm.
1: And so there's this it's kind of a neat way of looking at things because the greeks had this idea of work that they they thought that work was a curse and that mm. they needed to do everything they could to rise above work in fact the gods didn't work they they left that to the humans because that was their thing to do
0: yeah and there was a like a complete rejection of the stuff of of creation around us of, of all of this this Absolutely. is all evil the only thing that's good is spiritual it's got to be the perfect form which we can't we can't get to exactly and so, what they did is they created this
1: this separation between these things that was so strong. And so, if they were to envision God coming into the world, uh, for the Greeks, they would have seen him as this noble statesman or someone who was, you know, there for uh, a policy change or something like that. Yeah. Um, different cultures would see things differently. But the God uh, who the uh, our God who came into the world came as a carpenter. He came. With uh, with skills and abilities, uh, just like anybody else, and he mm. was kind of working behind the scenes even before he began his ministry. In the same uh, uh, later in life, uh, but it kind of reminds us of the of the way that he uh, that he chooses to work in the world. Uh, another another discussion that you know I don't know how deep to get into is is around the freedom of of work, mm. and I think uh, you know one of the things that we we think about this idea that our that what we want to do when it comes to, um, you know, finding freedom in our life is that is that we want to sort of uh, be free to do anything we want to kind of uh, go and I don't know, just basically be be free of any restraints. And and what Timothy Keller argues is that freedom is not exactly the the absence of restrictions. It's it's finding the right ones and those that mm. fit with the the way or the realities that God created the world in. And so what he says is that. You know, your car needs an oil change. You don't have to give a car. You don't have to do an oil change on a car. You're not going to get fined for it. You're not going to go to prison if you don't do it, but the car is not going to work properly if you don't. Mm. And so what Timothy Keller was arguing is that when freedom, when it comes to driving a car, doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. Following the owner's manual is actually going to give you the most freedom because mm. it's going to provide the, the, the best way of doing things. And so when he describes this idea of work, He's describing that uh, when we follow the owner's manual, the way that God intended for us to to do things, we actually become so much more free. Hmm. And I think that lots of people will say that work ties them down. They call it, you know, sort of the chain. I'm chained to my desk. There's all these images of, like, I'm stuck in my job. I have to stay there. Hmm. But there's freedom in finding the way to do our work in a way that honors and pleases God And when we do that, no matter what we do, we Mm. can find joy. We can find meaning and purpose.
0: Yeah. Uh, So no matter what we do, just riffing off that a little bit, are there types of work that should be off bounds for Christians? Are there things that we as Christians shouldn't be doing, kinds of careers? Or, um, you know, I, I think this is something that the church through the ages has wrestled with. Are there... Are there things that followers of Jesus shouldn't do? Yeah. Uh, It's a good question. I think that
1: there are very few things that are uh, literally working against the good of humanity Mm. uh, in and of themselves. Certainly, all jobs can be distorted. And most jobs are distorted in some way. Mm. I don't believe that there's any careers that are off limits but there are scenarios or environments that we find ourselves in that are working against the purposes of God or against the, the, the furtherment of our community and our you know humanity. Those are things that I would say, those very few things would be places where you might be saying, you know what, it's time for a career change. I need mm-hmm. to move into a different place. Doesn't matter what the money is, doesn't matter how much I'm making uh, because when we're working against uh the the purposes of God and and against the goodness of humanity uh we have to be careful
0: yeah yeah no that's that's really yeah. good it's not it's not the career it's it's the distortion and there's distortion in all of our careers and and then God also sometimes calls us in and out of things right it, yep. as individuals I mean Brad who's here on staff with us uh, was trained as an engineer and worked yep. as an engineer for a while and then and then was called into full-time ministry as a pastor right and I know full-time pastors who are called, back into engineering or, or the trades or all kinds of other things. And I I think it's really important, especially for us, our job isn't any holier, isn't any more sacred than, than the carpenters among us, than the mechanics, than the business people. Um, All of this brings honor to God, if we do it right. And all of it also, we struggle with distortion and we, we have to figure out how to, how to overcome that. Yep. Ah, this is great. Any, any closing thoughts for us today? Anything else you want to mention before we go? Yeah,
1: I, you know, I think the bottom line is that I, I have been thinking as I've been reading through this book and just, you know, reading through scripture, reminding myself of the value and the dignity of work uh, as God's created it. It reminds me that we should be a people who love to go to work and to find places where we can, um, where we can serve him. So for me, it's about, uh, you know, finding, finding joy and loving Mondays and uh, being excited about what we're heading into the next, uh, you know, in, in the next day. Ah, it's fantastic.
0: Well, I look forward to uh, this coming Sunday. We'll hear more about uh, how we're made for Mondays, right. what, what this uh, theology, what God's purposes are for work. Um, thank you for those who have tuned in and listened to this. Uh, if you've got any questions, feel free to post them send us an email send us a text we would be glad to uh, get them in for next week's podcast thanks dave talk soon thanks